Chapter Seven of Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Lion and the Unicorn. The next moment, soldiers came running through the wood. At first, in twos and threes, then ten or twenty together, and at last, in such crowds that they seemed to fill the whole forest. Alice got behind a tree for fear of being run over and watched them go by. She thought that in all her life she had never seen soldiers so uncertain on their feet. They were always tripping over something or other, and whenever one went down, several more always fell over him, so that the ground was soon covered with little heaps of men. Then came the horses. Having four feet, these managed rather better than the foot soldiers. But even they stumbled now and then, and it seemed to be a regular rule that whenever a horse stumbled, the rider fell off instantly. The confusion got worse every minute, and Alice was very glad to get out of the wood into an open place, where she found the White King seated on the ground, busily writing in his memorandum book. "'I've sent them all,' the king cried in a tone of delight on seeing Alice. "'Did you happen to meet any soldiers, my dear, as you came through the wood?' "'Yes, I did,' said Alice. "'Several thousand, I should think.' Four thousand two hundred and seven. That's the exact number,' the king said, referring to his book. "'I couldn't send all the horses, you know, because two of them are wanted in the game, and I haven't sent the two messengers either. They're both gone to the town. Just look along the road and tell me if you can see either of them.' "'I see nobody on the road,' said Alice. "'I only wish I had such eyes,' the king remarked in a fretful tone. "'To be able to see nobody, and at that distance too, why, it's as much as I can do to see real people, by this light. All this was lost on Alice, who still, looking intently along the road, shading her eyes with one hand. I see somebody now, she exclaimed at last. But he's coming very slowly. And what curious attitudes he goes into. For the messenger kept skipping up and down and wriggling like an eel as he came along with his great hands spread out like fans on each side. "'Not at all,' said the king. "'He's an Anglo-Saxon messenger, and those are Anglo-Saxon attitudes. He only does them when he's happy. His name is Hegel. He pronounced it to rhyme with Mayer. "'I love my love with an H.' Alice couldn't help beginning. "'Because he is happy?' I hate him with a H because he's hideous. I fed him with, with, with ham sandwiches. And hey, his name is Hagar, and he lives... He lives on the hill, the king remarked simply, without the least idea that he was joining in the game. While Alice was still hesitating for the name of a town beginning with H. The other messengers called Hatter. I must have two, you know, to come and go. One to come, and one to go. I beg your pardon, said Alice. 
it isn't respectable to beg said the king i only meant that i didn't understand said alice why one to come and one to go didn't i tell you the king repeated impatiently i must have two to fetch and carry one to fetch and one to carry at this moment the messenger arrived he was far too much out of breath to say a word and could only wave his hands about and make the most fearful faces at the poor king this young lady loves you with an h the king said introducing alice in the hope of turning the messenger's attention from himself but it was no use the anglo-saxon attitudes only got more extraordinary every moment while the great eyes rolled wildly from side to side you alarm me said the king i feel faint give me a ham sandwich on which the messenger to alice's great amusement opened a bag that hung round his neck and handed a sandwich to the king who devoured it greedily another sandwich said the king there's nothing but hay left now the messenger said peeping into the bag hay then the king murmured in a faint whisper alice was glad to see that it revived him a good deal there's nothing like eating hay when you're faint he remarked to her as he munched away i should think throwing cold water over you would be better alice suggested or some sal volatile i didn't say there was nothing better the king replied i said there was nothing like it which alice did not venture to deny who did you pass on the road the king went on holding out his hand to the messenger for some more hay nobody said the messenger quite right said the king this young lady saw him too so of course nobody walks slower than you i do my best the messenger said in a sulky tone i'm sure nobody walks much faster than i do he can't do that said the king or else he'd have been here first however now you've got your breath you may tell us what's happened in the town i'll whisper it said the messenger putting his hands to his mouth in the shape of a trumpet and stooping so as to get close to the king's ear alice was sorry for this as she wanted to hear the news too however instead of whispering he simply shouted at the top of his voice they're at it again do you call that a whisper cried the poor king jumping up and shaking himself if you do such a thing again i'll have you buttered it went through and through my head like an earthquake it would have to be a very tiny earthquake thought alice who are at it again she ventured to ask why the lion and the unicorn of course said the king fighting for the crown yes to be sure said the king and the best joke is that it's my crown all the while let's run and see them 
and they trotted off alice repeating to herself as she ran the words of the old song the lion and the unicorn were fighting for the crown the lion beat the unicorn all round the town some gave them white bread some gave them brown some gave them plum cake and drummed them out of town does the one that wins get the crown she asked as well as she could for the run was putting her quite out of breath dear me no said the king what an idea would you be good enough alice panted out after running a little further to stop a minute just to get one's breath again i'm good enough the king said only i'm not strong enough you see a minute goes by so fearfully quick you might as well try to stop a bender snatch alice had no more breath for talking so they trotted on in silence till they came in sight of a great crowd in the middle of which the lion and unicorn were fighting they were in such a cloud of dust that at first alice could not make out which was which but she soon managed to distinguish the unicorn by his horn they placed themselves close to where hatter the other messenger was standing watching the fight with a cup of tea in one hand and a piece of bread and butter in the other he's only just out of prison and he hadn't finished his tea when he was sent in hagar whispered to alice and they only give them oyster shells in there so you see he's very hungry and thirsty how are you dear child he went on putting his arm affectionately round hatter's neck hatter looked round and nodded and went on with his bread and butter were you happy in prison dear child said hagar hatter looked round once more and this time a tear or two trickled down his cheek but not a word would he say speak can't you hagar cried impatiently but hatter only munched away and drank some more tea speak won't you cried the king how are they getting on with the fight hatter made a desperate effort and swallowed a large piece of bread and butter they're getting on very well he said in a choking voice each of them has been down about eighty-seven times then i suppose they'll soon bring the white bread and the brown alice ventured to remark it's waiting for em now said hatter this is a bit of it i'm eating there was a pause in the fight just then and the lion and the unicorn sat down panting while the king called out ten minutes allowed for refreshments hagar and hatter set to work at once carrying rough trays of white and brown bread alice took a piece to taste but it was very dry i don't think they'll fight any more to-day the king said to hatter go and order the drums to begin and hatter went bounding away like a grasshopper for a minute or two alice stood silent watching him suddenly she brightened up look look she cried pointing eagerly there's the white queen running across the country she came flying out of the woods over yonder how fast those queens can run there's some enemy after her no doubt the king said without even looking round that wood's full of them but aren't you going to run and help her alice asked very much surprised at his taking it so quietly no use no use 
said the king she runs so fearfully quick you might as well try to catch a bandersnatch but i'll make a memorandum about her if you like she's a dear good creature he repeated softly to himself as he opened his memorandum book do you spell creature with a double e at this moment the unicorn sauntered by them with his hands in his pockets i had the best of it this time he said to the king just glancing at him as he passed a little a little the king replied rather nervously you shouldn't have run him through with your horn you know it didn't hurt him the unicorn said carelessly and he was going on when his eye happened to fall upon alice he turned round rather instantly and stood for some time looking at her with an air of the deepest disgust what is this he said at last this is a child hagar replied eagerly coming in front of alice to introduce her and spreading out both his hands towards her in an anglo-saxon attitude we only found it to-day it's as large as life and twice as natural i always thought they were fabulous monsters said the unicorn is it alive it can talk said hagar solemnly the unicorn looked dreamily at alice and said talk child alice could not help her lips curling up into a smile as she began do you know i always thought unicorns were fabulous monsters too i never saw one alive before well now that we have seen each other said the unicorn if you will believe in me i'll believe in you is that a bargain yes if you like said alice come fetch out the plum-cake old man the unicorn went on turning from her to the king none of your brown bread for me certainly certainly the king muttered and beckoned to hagar open the bag he whispered quick not that one that's full of hay hagar took a large cake out of the bag and gave it to alice to hold while he got out a dish and carving knife how they all came out of it alice couldn't guess it was just like a conjuring trick she thought the lion had joined them while this was going on he looked very tired and sleepy and his eyes were half shut what's this he said blinking lazily at alice and speaking in a deep hollow tone that sounded like the tolling of a great bell ah what is it now the unicorn cried eagerly you'll never guess i couldn't the lion looked at alice wearily are you animal vegetable or mineral he said yawning at every other word it's a fabulous monster the unicorn cried out before alice could reply then hand round the plum-cake monster the lion said lying down and putting his chin on his paws and sit down both of you to the king and the unicorn fair play with the cake you know the king was evidently very uncomfortable at having to sit down between the two great creatures but there was no other place for him what a fight we might have for the crown now 
the unicorn said looking slyly up at the crown which the poor king was nearly shaking off his head he trembled so much i should win easy said the lion i'm not so sure of that said the unicorn why i beat you around the town you chicken the lion replied angrily half getting up as he spoke here the king interrupted to prevent the quarrel going on he was very nervous and his voice quite quivered uh, all round the town he said that's a good long way did you go by the old bridge uh, or the market-place you've got the very best view by the old bridge i'm sure i don't know the lion growled out as he lay down again there was too much dust to see anything what a time the monster is cutting up that cake alice had seated herself on the bank of a little brook with the great dish on her knees and was soaring away diligently with the knife it's very provoking she said in reply to the lion she was getting quite used to being called the monster i've cut several slices already but they always join on again you don't know how to manage looking-glass cakes the unicorn remarked hand it round first and cut it afterwards this sounded nonsense but alice very obediently got up and carried the dish round and the cake divided itself into three pieces as she did so now cut it up said the lion as she returned to her place with the empty dish i say this isn't fair cried the unicorn as alice sat with the knife in her hand very much puzzled how to begin the monster has given the lion twice as much as me she's kept none for herself anyhow said the lion do you like plum-cake monster but before alice could answer him the drums began where the noise came from she couldn't make out the air seemed full of it and rang through and through her head till she felt quite deafened she started to her feet and sprang across the little brook in her terror and just had time to see the lion and the unicorn rise to their feet with angry looks at being interrupted in their feast before she dropped to her knees and put her hands over her ears vainly trying to shut out the dreadful uproar if that doesn't drum them out of town she thought to herself nothing ever will End of chapter 7